Welcome to Demogranomics, your insight to the powerful surprises ahead for the US economy. Demogranomics, where people make markets. And now, here is Mike Williams. Hi there, it's Mike Williams. Thanks for coming to the broadcast. We're glad to see you back. Um, hope these thoughts are going to be helpful. So here we are. Today we're going to call this one, That's Just Great. And you know what I mean, it's all about Brexit. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Welcome to the summer swoon of 2016. Has anyone seen a country lying around here? I jest, sort of. While my intent is not to make light of Brexit's result, I think it would be remiss to suggest anyone knows what will happen next. But I can say this with some confidence. This is yet another good lesson in emotional responses, looking through the lens of history. For example, I'm pretty sure that Great Britain got along pretty well before it joined the EU. And let's be honest, just between us, they, they never really completely, quote, joined the EU anyway. After all, they kept their own currency. They have a different deal with the EU. They pay lower fees to the EU than the other members, and well, They've been bold in their decision to leave a union which indeed has been generally successful for only one major economy, that being Germany. So while much ink will be spilled over the terrible things to come, I simply suggest we gladly step back, just as we had hoped, and look for the advantages hidden in the swoon. Fear was already high, as we repeatedly cover here for you on these podcasts, the massive appetite for bonds continues to show the bright red mark of fear, deeply seeded fear, I might add. The latest sentiment data came again as few bulls exist. By the way, the data in the chart that I'm going to discuss with you is fresh this week. We can be assured it will go even lower now because it was taken in a survey the day before Brexit. But here's the thing. Right now, there are 21.9% people with bullish feelings about the market. In other words, 80% of them don't feel good about the market, but 20% do. That's a pretty bold thing. Now, here's the thing about that data. If you look back over time, and I mean all the way back to the worst time of the recent decade, and that's the end of the bear market in 09 after the Great Recession, We'll note that there's only been two other times when we've been lower than this current bullish sentiment reading. More important, we would note that each time in time has proven valuable for patient investors to act instead of run. More important, note the preponderance of low readings we have had in the last 12 months. Let me give you an idea. Of the last 68 months, 67 of them have been lower than the normal level of bullishness. I'm sorry, did I say months? I meant weeks. I apologize. 67 out of the last 68 weeks. For many, it appears the future is dark. Oddly enough, it's almost exactly when the pipeline of coming demographic demand has really never been brighter. For this morning, well, futures are obviously way down. Looks like an open of about 550 points down on the Dow, or basically back to where we were in March. 
here's the thing. As tough and as ugly as these kinds of things are, they may last a while, but they pass. Remember, we need to focus on the current underneath and not the surface of the water. But for now, why don't we just all worry? I mean, let's get it over with. But while we're doing that, let's cut to the chase. There will be tons of ink and endless minutes of airtime chatter which will try to tell you what will happen next. The honest answer is no one has a clue. But we should recognize this while too many hit the near-term panic button again. Do we honestly believe that Brexit will change even a small portion of the actions which will be taken by the 78 million baby boomers in the United States who are now preparing for the last 40 years of their lives. Further, do we truly suspect that Brexit will change the fact that 86 million Generation Y kids will grow up here in the United States over the next decade? Will it shelve the idea that tens of millions of new households will form here over the next three, five, seven, and ten year periods? Will it derail any of the massive technological or medical advances being made? Will it change what they do in robotics or nanotechnology or drones or self-driving cars or any energy improvements? Will it change any of that? Do you think that anyone right now in the United States who planned to go to dinner tonight is going to cancel their reservations because of Brexit? Seriously, folks, sure, it's going to be ugly today, maybe even for a few weeks. Maybe even this is the summer swoon. But opportunities are almost always ugly, and that's something we have to accept. It's a required part of the deal along the way up the mountain. Consider this, though. I recognize one sounds smarter if I tout the idea that the markets don't like an uncertainty. But alas, it just sounds smart. It doesn't really tell you anything. I mean, think about it. Markets don't like uncertainty. Well, what does that mean? In fact, markets may indeed feel that way, but what investors should recognize is they should feel opposite. Why? Well, if uncertainty brings panic selling, every single pebble in our past which was associated with uncertainty and market selling turned out in the long run to be an opportunity instead. Now that's with the benefit of hindsight, I understand that. But think about it for a moment before you go panic. The immediate impact today so far has been a 3 to 12% fall in various global equity markets. If you're on the 12% side, that's tough. Although in the UK, in sterling terms, the values there are being offset because their currency is down 8%. Sure, this could trigger the whole summer swoon we've been suggesting we pray for, but that's going to depend on whether the loss of confidence all over again can finally be contained. I will say this. When you see the news trucks show up outside and line up around the New York Stock Exchange, that's usually towards the end of things, not the beginning of things. The good news? We should know by now that the U.S. economy is pretty darn resilient and there are very few immediate consequences from the UK's Brexit vote. First of all, it's going to take them years to cut the New Deal with the EU. This doesn't mean they start tomorrow. It means they've decided to get a divorce. And as you might know how divorces go, lawyers can take a while to work those deals out. The risks of financial contagion certainly appear manageable and way overblown in the media, 
Most parts of the banking sector today are far more capitalized and far better capitalized than they were in the 08, 09, and 2011 crisis. Indeed, just yesterday, the Fed told us that all 33 major banks here in the U.S. passed with flying colors their most severe stress test conditions. We may want to consider this idea as well. It is quite possible that the post-vote mood will be less gloomy given the younger generation and the metropolitan intelligence out there today. After all, half the electorate, the electorate got what they wanted, and the other half, like always, is unlikely to enter a prolonged grieving period. There will be economic costs and benefits. It's not clear in isolation which direction will go first. But that's going to sort of dominate the next couple of years of what they have to do as a region. The key battleground for confidence will obviously be in Europe. I suspect they, they will be better equipped and more nimble than in the 11-12 euro crisis as it related to Greece and the pigs. But here's the thing. Here's what I've witnessed over the years when major global reasons cause buyers to lack confidence. Business just goes somewhere else. If you had to do something with a Europe client, well, guess what? Instead of doing it with that manufacturing plant, you're going to do it somewhere else. And you know who wins most of the time when that kind of stuff happens? The United States. Said another way, where does capital almost always flow when there are great questions and concerns facing investors on a global scale? Answer? they flowed to the United States asset base. One more benefit. It's a whole new wave of fear. Fear is what has made and kept our rates so low. Forget a rate hike now. Off the table, right or wrong, probably for the rest of the year, and maybe even part of next year. Waves of new capital will look for safe bonds to soak up all that fear. Someday in our future, not sure when, we're going to look back on these crazy times since 08 and 09, and we will thank our lucky stars and God above for all of this fear. Why? Because it kept rates low and it let the entire world exchange expensive debt for cheap debt for decades to come. Look for more huge waves of refis as rates tick lower again. Look for significant corporate and personal cash flow savings on balance sheet adjustments, which will be another big advantage taken from the latest wall of worry. The bottom line, the pathway is set in the makeup of our demographic structure here in the U.S. It's one of surprising strength, given the solid and growing pipeline of demand from Generation Y on one end and the boomers on the other. Remember this also, fear and faith again ask us the same thing to believe in something we cannot see. So let's stay focused and disciplined. This may very well be the summer swoon we've talked about for months. Hope this has been helpful. Listen to it again if you need to. But until we see you again, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.